Hey, babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, a recent college graduate who is just trying to figure her shit out. In the Bottled Bond podcast, we are talking lots of booze with a new drinking word every week, dishing on our latest dating adventures, diving into work hacks, and the best hashtag self-care tips around. This is a place for all babes to come and chat about the millennial four pillars, booze, boys, business, and beauty. Come with a glass of champs and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday. Cheers. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, TBB babes? I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the blog, ChristinaMcGinnis.com, and the podcast, The Bottled Blonde, where we talk booze, boys, business, and beauty. The Millennials Four Pillars. Today, we are jumping right into beauty, which I cannot wait. I have used the sunscreen, freaking obsessed, and Sophia Hudgens, queen beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Follow the Instagram. Obsessed, obsessed. And we are diving into so much. We are talking about keeping up with the Kardashians. We talk about Caitlyn Jenner. We talk about if they are dating or not. We dive into who she is dating. We talk about dating fun stories. And then also about how she came to actually meeting Caitlyn Jenner, managing her, raising money, for her company. Oh, there's just, it's a freaking good one, guys. I cannot wait. So let's jump right into it. And today's drinking word is going to be sunscreen. Hello, TBB babes. Happy Thursday. Today we have Sophia Hutchins and I am jazzed. We are talking, we're talking dating, we're talking business, we're talking sunscreen, which in the summer I actually really need because I burnt myself this weekend. So I saw your video with QVC when they were like rubbing the sunscreen on and it was like the nasty zinc sunscreen versus like the actually like beautiful sunscreen. And I was floored. I was like, I need some of this. Yes, we all need it. Oh, I am. It's, oh, I just, I feel like too with sunscreen, what's crazy is everyone has just like accepted that sunscreen is supposed to like look that white chalky way. And mm-hmm. so now like moving over and transitioning to like 2021 sunscreen, I am so ready to not like walk out in public and have the chalkiness everywhere. Girl, that is like sunscreen of the 80s like when i do qvc i always want to do side by side i want to do the old gross white stuff and then i want to do mine and i want to show everyone that this works on every skin tone number one so if you're darker you're lighter whatever you don't have to worry about rubbing it in you're not going to look like a ghost so every time i do qvc that's like our best performing b-roll or if a model is doing it whatever but that's my favorite thing about the product is that it's invisible and i think we're going to see more and more of that going into the future i just don't know why people haven't been doing more of that before lumisol like the no-brainer it's crazy to me and i was like all right i need to buy it so literally i went on and i was like all right time to purchase because i'm so excited to like actually try it on too because i feel like too over makeup over everything it would just look like phenomenal 
Yeah, it like it, I have makeup on right now and I put it over my makeup every day, multiple times a day. It's portable, it's great, and I love it. And it's SPF 50, vegan, cruelty-free, all those good things, reef safe. So, you know, that you don't have to make a compromise. A lot of people are worried about ingredients in sunscreen being hormone disruptors, especially women that are nursing or pregnant. And so with us, we spend a lot of time formulating this to make sure that we didn't have that issue. That's so amazing. You wear so many hats, especially right now. You're Caitlyn Jenner's manager. You're dealing with the campaign. You're running the sunscreen company. What does a typical day in Sophia Hudgens' life look like? Wow. That's interesting. Every day looks different, but I can tell you, I stick to a pretty rigorous routine. I go to bed as early as possible, depending on what's going on that night. I like to get my sleep. I get up at about four. I work out. I have coffee. I go through my emails. I read the news. I work East Coast hours primarily. So you know, East Coast and West Coast hours. Mm-hmm. So I get up early and I think starting your day early is the best way to be successful. And in order to do that, you've just got to have the discipline to do it. And honestly, when you're doing what you love, which I would encourage everyone to find what they love, like waking up at four o'clock in the morning is exciting. I'm excited to wake up. Now, of course, there's some days where it's like, oh, can I hit this? You're like, more coffee, please. Like we need a funnel of coffee over here. (laughs) Exactly. But every day is different. I prioritize, you know, whatever needs to be prioritized for the day. My sunscreen business has been around for a year now. And we just celebrated our one year on May 1st, which is super exciting. Congrats. expanded into Nordstrom, all Nordstrom locations. And we I've been doing QVC, which has been incredible. Next year, we're expanding into even bigger brick and mortar, which I can't say right now, but stay tuned. The brand is just growing. The line is growing. I'm super excited. But then the management side of things is a little bit different because it's all about, but it's kind of similar. It's a little bit different and similar. It's all about negotiation. It's all about knowing your worth and knowing when to say no. And when, you know, you, you know what you have to offer is worth what you want. And so, you know, I kind of call myself the bad cop a lot of the time. And in business, Caitlin can be the good cop and say yes to everything. And then I go back and say, what the fuck were you saying yes to? No, this guy can fuck off. He's not paying enough for this speech or whatever endorsement. So I get to play bad cop in the management world for Caitlin's entertainment ventures. But I think we're a great team and a great, we have a great partnership when it comes to her man or her entertainment business. That's amazing. I want to dive into, I, I was listening to so many different interviews that you've been a part of, and you were talking about being raised by your grandparents and how they were such a huge influence in your life. What did you learn from them? Yeah, my grandparents, they raised me for the most part. My parents got divorced when I was really young. And I think the reason that I am the way I am is largely because my grandfather came from a small town in Vermont and you had two options. 
you had the option to go work in a granite quarry or you had the option to join the military. And he said, I'm not doing either of those things. I'm going to college. He was the the first person in my family to go to college and he became a rocket scientist and the rest is history. And he's dead now, God rest his soul. But he was the number one influence in my life. And I love him. He was the definition of a gentleman, a class act. Like you couldn't ask for a better better person to, to raise you, seriously. Wow, that's so amazing. So then like growing up there and then going, how did you end up at Pepperdine University? So I was actually going to go to Emory in Atlanta, Emory or the University of Virginia. And I ended up choosing Pepperdine because they gave me the the largest academic scholarship. And I don't know if people have figured this out yet, but I kind of follow the money. (laughs) I I got the incentive to go there financially. And so I had an academic scholarship that I couldn't turn down. And I'm really glad I went there. I, I was there for, you know, four years and I was president of my class for three years and super involved. It was a really nice small community. It was a really religious school, which was interesting. So I kind of, I didn't know that it was a religious school. I had a friend that went to Pepperdine and she loved it. She was like, Oh my gosh, best, best time of my life. And I didn't know it was religious. So much fun, religious, but that, that didn't, bother me. You know, I, I, I just, I'm not a super religious person, but it didn't bother me. And it was a great experience. The people were amazing. The faculty, the staff, the students, I mean, what a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm not religious either. I'm more like, a, I'm more like spiritual in a sense, but I'm not like, all right, we're going to church on Sundays. So now when you're graduating from Pepperdine and then creating this like sunscreen company, what exactly was the thought process? Was there something that happened that you're like, okay, this is like a miss in the market and I've got to make this? How did that process come to be? So interestingly enough, when I was a senior in college, I started managing Caitlin. So I was managing Caitlin by booking speeches. I realized that she wasn't doing a lot of public speaking like she had been used to doing. And I thought, this is a great income source. You have a great story to tell so many people and your story hits so many generations. You've got the young people that know you from keeping up. You've got the older crowd that knows you as, you know, Bruce, the Olympian that that won during the bicentennial during like such a pivotal part of U.S. history. And so let's go tell that story and crystallize your two experiences together. And it's all about being authentic and working hard. So I put her on a speaking tour and that was my first getting my feet wet, so to speak, in entertainment. And then kind of getting in the business, I started to realize that, you know, being around some of these beauty titans in this family, there was an opportunity that nobody else had really tapped in the family, which was sunscreen specifically. And so, you know, I'm not going to do a makeup line. I'm not going to do a lip line or whatever the girls are doing because you just, no, like, no, no, no. Couldn't even compete, not even close. And I think that would be disrespectful. And But anyways, 
So I did, I said, I want to do a sunscreen line and I want to do a really innovative sunscreen line. And so I put together a team of people that really believed in the idea, helped me develop, you know, a business. I I studied economics and finance. So they helped me, you know, really build out how this business is going to grow. And, you know, between using your network that you have readily available to you to promote it and coming out with a product that's so unique in the market, that's not just a tube of sunscreen or the typical packaging, you make it an experience. And so that's really, you know, what led to Lumisol. And we launched at the worst time ever. We launched May 1, 2020. Oh my gosh. We were set up to be the official sunscreen of Coachella. We were set up to be on Good Morning America the day of our launch. I mean, everything, the world shut down. All of my staff, I laid off because of the economic uncertainty that existed. And it was just terrible. But we made it through. And 2020 was tough. 2021 has been tough, let's be honest. Any retail brand right now is tough. But... I'm looking forward to the future. I'm super excited about the brand. I'm not stopping. I am not stopping at all. Like I told Caitlin, I was so down one day. And I said to Caitlin and to a couple of my other friends that were in the room, I said, I just don't think I can do this. I just, I don't, I don't, but I'm not going to let it die. Yeah. I haven't. So what, when the company too, did you just start off like from scratch with the idea? Then what was the process of actually creating the product? Because then you've got to, okay, I have this fantastic idea. Did you start working with formulators, manufacturing? Like what was the full process to actually launching the product? Yes. So I worked day in and day out with our manufacturers to make sure that we could get the formula that I wanted to go to market with, which was the most in-demand formula based on our consumer and market research that we spent six weeks doing. We conducted a 2,400 sample size interview or, um, you know, we we had a sample size of 2,400 consumers Mm -hmm. and we knew women that are beauty conscious, know they need to wear their sunscreen, not just once a day when they put on their makeup or put on their moisturizer, but multiple times a day. So I worked really closely with my lab to make a formula that was vegan, cruelty-free, SPF 50, water-resistant, and broad-spectrum that was transparent and came out as a fine mist to go over your makeup so you could set your makeup with it. and. I think it just filled a huge void. But from that, we've been able to expand into different products, but that's definitely our flagship product. And it's refillable, which I love. Where you can essentially, I loved that too, because from like a standpoint, like a lot of times, like the sunscreens that come in a tube, you end up having for a while, but that one, it looks chic too. And it doesn't look like a sunscreen and you don't have to physically pack it around. Like I loved, you said you could like on your back. Has anyone seen a sunscreen like this? I know I haven't, you know. And it's but, so uh, chic. It's so chic. It's modern. And yeah, this 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 device, you know, it's just refillable with these glass vials. So you can even travel with it on TSA. But I don't want to do an infomercial with you. But um, <laughs> no, you're okay. I'm trying to show it does not look like your normal sunscreen. When you are raising like funding for this, 
Can you talk a little bit about the process? Like for people who are trying to raise capital for their startup, how do you find an investor? That is tough. I would say back in 2019, when I did raise the capital for this company, the market and the venture market specifically was really hot for direct consumer brands. And it was really hot for consumer brands. Today, not the case. You would have big firms on Sand Hill Road in Silicon Valley investing in these direct-to-consumer brands that are consumer product goods, CPG goods, or CPG. And today, I think the thinking in Silicon Valley is that market is just not where they want to put their money. And so for me, it was all about timing. At that time, Silicon Valley was really hot and crazed and venture was insane. They would write checks for anything. But I also had really good relationships with the investors that ultimately wrote the checks. I worked with Founders Fund, which is Peter Thiel's venture firm, and then Graycroft, which is Alan Petrokoff's venture firm. And at that time, I raised $3 million. That was, I haven't raised anything since. Not because I don't want to, but because it's so hard to raise in this environment. That makes a lot of sense. I heard in another interview, you said, if you get a no, you'll find a yes somewhere else. Can you talk a little bit about that mindset? Because I think it can be really like discouraging for people when you hear so many no. (sighs) And I loved that you said that. I was like, we're making t-shirts because I feel like people need to have that mindset. Let me tell you something. I don't get told no. And when I do, I say, fuck you. And I'm moving on. You know what I mean? Like, if I get told no, I'm just going to say, you know what? You're not the right one for me. Moving on. Mm -hmm. And I don't take no's lightly. I want to know why you said no. And I want to learn from it. So it's not like a total fuck you. But like when I get told no, I use that as a learning opportunity. But for every person that tells you no, and you're going to get 99 no's, there will be one person that will say yes. And you've got to find that person. And that's not easy. Network, network, network. Spend your time networking when you want to build a business and build a brand. I like to say that business, especially, you know, startup businesses like this, it's a game of addition. You want to bring in as many people as you can that are your friends, that are your mentors, that are your advisors. And I've been so blessed to have so many amazing mentors and friends and advisors just because of my past experience and my experience in entertainment. And obviously, you know, I work really hard at networking. You know, I I think that that has to be your focus. But for every no there will be a yes. And it is discouraging. Believe me, I've been told no hundreds of times, not just in business, by the way, Mm -hmm. but hundreds of times. And I just go find the yes, because it's out there. Yeah. I have, have you ever read the book go for now? It's like a 90 pager. It's on Amazon. And someone, I was talking a little bit about failure on my stories. This was probably a year and a half ago. And someone was like, Hey, I'm going to send you this book. And they sent it to me. And it's really 
it is very like a simple concept, but essentially like monthly, and I'll do this for myself. You set a list of no's that you want to get. Like, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get 45 no's this month. And you don't even look at the yes box until the end of the month. Cause most of the time, let's say you were trying to get six yeses for that month. Once you hit your six, most people will then stop hunting for the yeses. But if you've got 45 no's and you keep pushing, chances are you're going to get a lot more than six yeses. Believe me, I know getting those no's over and over and over and over is discouraging. It's depressing. It's debilitating. But you've just got to man up or woman up. Mm-hmm. You got to like be strong. Take the no. It's okay. There will be a yes and learn from the no, but, you know, move on, keep going. It is a numbers game. Yeses and nos. It is a total numbers game. And you need to get your message, your vision to the right person. And they're going to say yes. And by the way, getting a no is not a failure. No is not a failure. No is part of the journey. And some people get yeses quicker than they get no's. Some people get no's quicker than they get yeses. Just like some people get married young. Some people get married late. Some people get pregnant young. Some people get pregnant. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's not something that's totally in our control other than how we respond to it. And we have to respond to it in a really positive way. And so for every no, just keep going. I love that. We're going to use like that little snippet. I feel like that's so motivational to people too, especially to hear like your journey and everything that you've done and how many no's you've gotten and you're still standing, you're still kicking and you're killing it. You mentioned Caitlin and I want to know how you guys actually met. Yes. So Caitlin is like a parent to me, but we're also in business together. So we have a very unique like family dynamic Mm -hmm. and it's great. It's been really positive. We met When I was in college, I think I was 19 and I was at a photo shoot for Mac Cosmetics. They were promoting one of Caitlin's products and I was invited to go and we exchanged numbers and I was living in Malibu at the, or I guess I was living in Beverly Hills, but I was going to school in Malibu and my school Pepperdine was 10 minutes down the road. And so we ended up spending a lot of time together, you know, just having fun as friends. And then we grew as business partners and it's been a great relationship. That's so awesome. Can you tell people any tips or hacks for getting a good brand deal? Or if they are a manager, like really negotiating a deal? Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who listen to the show who are content creators and they are either, they either have management or they're managers or they're managing themselves. Well, for me, if you are the talent, if you're the content creator, hold your manager the fuck accountable. Do not let him or her not bring you deals. If they are not bringing you deals, fire them and go find someone that will bring you deals. Don't pay them anything unless a deal comes in. That would be to to the content creators, to the talent, to the managers listening. Don't undervalue your client's worth keep pushing, pushing, pushing. I just got something in my inbox. I said, no, you know, the fee was too low. I just got something in my inbox, you know, a few days later and it says, okay, we'll pay the full fee. And and I was like, well, yeah, no is a lot more powerful than yes. You have the power. 
by the way, as the manager and as the content creator, you have the power and you can say no because you don't feel like this is worth your time. And that's just a judgment call based on, you know, what you're used to making and what your fee schedule is. But I try to stick to a really firm fee schedule and I don't make exceptions. There's no reason to, especially for someone like Caitlin, where you're like top tier talent or like, you you know what I mean? Like it's non-negotiable. It's Caitlin does one thing and you'll get a million pieces of press on it. You'll get millions of impressions and there's just don't undervalue your client. So when you started like managing her too, now what everything has transitioned into now that she's running for governor, how has that changed the dynamic? Oh my God. (laughs) You're like, "Mm, just a little bit. (laughs) Well, it's, it's interesting because there are opportunities that, you know, come in when you're in the media a lot. And what I really want to make sure And what the campaign has stressed and what Caitlin has stressed is this is not a reality show. This is not a sideshow. This is a serious run for a serious office that Caitlin is fully invested in winning. She has attracted the top talent to support her campaign. She has attracted billionaires to donate to her campaign because they truly believe Caitlin can win. And so when it comes to entertainment projects, sometimes it's hard to say no when you get this big paycheck coming at you like, hey, you know, I got this this offer. Can we do it? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's it's a little tough to say no to those, but I understand my client's priority right now, and that's running for governor. And if we can fit, you know, some business things in, great, and make sure they're done responsibly and ethically and legally around campaign finance laws. And that's exactly what we do. So it's kind of, it changes it because before I could say yes or no, or scheduling was easier on her end, but now it's just kind of like, Oh God, I I don't know. I can't commit to a, you know, a two day shoot with you guys. If, if I have her in San Francisco one day and then, you know, wherever else the next, the next day or the campaign has her somewhere. So with the show wrapping, I'm surprised too that like people aren't kind of like, I understand the show is huge. Like keeping up with the Kardashians is iconic. I love it. So she's still like, people are essentially now, even with the show wrapping saying like, okay, she's getting flack right now for, for being on the show and them saying, okay, this is like a reality moment now trying to go into like the political realm. Yeah. Caitlin is not doing any reality show. You know, we certainly document what's going on yeah. for our own purposes. We have cameras with us, but we're not filming a reality show. No. Yeah. So when she, so wrapping it, were you guys excited to like kind of leave the chapter of keeping up with the Kardashians? Well, you know, my role in it was super, super limited. I loved it. I thought it was great. Obviously it's afforded everyone in that, in this family, so much opportunity. Chris Jenner did an amazing job at building the brand from that show. And the girls did an amazing job as well. 
I think, you know, it was a little sad, but I think it was time. And I think, you know, they've said that I cannot speak for them, but I think it was, you know, it was a tough decision for everyone, but I think it was time and I think it made sense. And let me tell you something. If Chris Jenner says it's time, it's time. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> when Chris says everyone listens, they're like, all right, we're ready. We's good to go. That you want to talk about a book of wisdom. Yeah, she is phenomenal as like a human. I just, I'm like in awe of her. So you said you're close with obviously Caitlin. You guys are living in the same house, correct? Kind of, yes. Kind of, yes. Okay. So are you guys together? Like obviously she, you both are super busy. Like how do you guys interact? Is it like a day you guys are with each other every day unless she's probably traveling and such? No, so I travel a lot between here in New York and here in Florida. I am in LA quite a bit. When I'm in LA, I'm here. We interact, you know, pretty pretty every day, whether it's on the phone or in person, and we have a great relationship. But she is, you know, pretty stationary in Malibu unless she needs to travel for work. And now that work, a lot of that travel is with the with the camp for the campaign. You also work on the Caitlyn Jenner Foundation. You're just wearing literally a million hats. What do you do for the foundation? So, I am the CEO of the foundation. The foundation has a board. The foundation gives away money to LGBT students that are in college in the form of scholarships. We haven't been super active with that lately, but yes, I do serve as the CEO of that foundation and that doesn't take up too much of my time and it's not really my focus my focus is really business 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 but when i can give back you know i don't take a salary i don't take anything when i can give back it's a great way to give back what would people be shocked or surprised to find out about you i'm a lot of fun <laughs> I'm sure you're a lot of fun. You seem you're just like really positive vibes. I wouldn't doubt that you are fun. I'm a lot of fun. I love to party. Well, not party like drugs and stuff, but like I love to have a good time. I love to be social. I love to be at parties. I love to I love to interact with people. I'm a big people person. When I'm not around people, I I get energy with people. People give me energy. And yeah, I think I mean the media has portrayed me so differently in over the years, but you know, I don't really care. I just am living my life, working hard. I work non-stop and I love that. That's not a complaint. I find that to be a blessing. So, I don't know. I think I'm a lot of fun and I I love just being with people. That's amazing. What do you want to be known for? I don't know. I don't even think about that at this point in my life. I just want to work hard, play hard, enjoy life. I don't know at this point what I want to be known for. Certainly, I want to be known as an entrepreneur and a hustler, mm-hmm. but I think bigger picture, I I need to figure I need to figure that out because that, you know, I want to leave some type of legacy at some point and i think it takes time to figure out what that is. Is there a book, podcast or resource that you like love reading or listening to? Do you know Guy Raz? 
Okay, that's I think someone is, is that a book or a podcast? Podcast. Yeah. Someone mentioned him the other day. What is his podcast about? It's about founders of companies that have made it, that have been through the ringer. Whenever you found a company, you go through the ringer, especially in California with all of these terribly unfriendly business laws. And it's been really insightful and it makes me feel less alone. It makes me feel, oh, okay, I'm not the only one that's experienced this. Because when you are a founder and an executive, especially at a young age, even though you have mentors around you, it's a very, very lonely experience, or it can be, and it can be debilitating and depressing. So I like to surround myself with people that, you know, I can relate with on that level, but Guy Raz, his podcast does a great job at kind of sharing those stories, but he does it for those that have kind of made it and they've, you know, they've gone through everything and the lessons they've learned. So he does it for those that have made it in good time. I feel like too, it's crazy that a lot of people don't talk about the loneliness. I was listening to, do you uh, listen to the Ed Milet podcast at all? No, I don't. I love Ed Milet. He's like the dad you've like always wanted. Like he's just like so nurturing and endearing, but also like super business savvy. And yeah. Is talking about how like all entrepreneurs that he's come into contact with have like a sprinkle of depression in a sense, because the journey is so lonely and you're doing all these things most of the time by yourself. And you're the person that everything falls onto, but you also are not the person that gets like the credit or the pat on the back. There's not someone there who's your cheerleader every day saying like, good job at work. Like you've got to be that for yourself. So that's a phenomenal podcast. That is something, you know, I look for in a partner, in a husband, contrary to what the the media writes, I'm not in a relationship with Caitlin. I have no desire to be in a relationship with Caitlin in a romantic way. But when, when I'm dating and when I'm in relationships, that's something that's really important to me is to find that person that can kind of yeah, give you give you a little prop every once in a while because you definitely need that. Yeah, exactly. And someone that can relate and someone that can understand to some extent what you're going through. So that's why I only date older guys. I can't date guys my age. I've never been able to date guys my age. I'm like, I swear I don't have daddy issues, but I've always been like way older than me. And I'm like, I just, someone had said that when I was dating someone who was like almost, he was like twice my age. And I was like, I don't, my dad is a great human. Like, I'm with you. No daddy issues, but definitely older guys because they have way more life experience. And also I'm an old soul. I cannot sit down with a 25 year old boy that thinks with one body part and, you know, just, no, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Yeah. It's just too much. And two, you're just at like a different, I don't know, you're at a different wavelength. You can't relate to things that they're doing right now. Like, sorry, going to bungalow every single weekend and out like to the clubs. I love this life for you, but like, that's not all you do. Yeah, exactly. So now that you're dating, are you online? Where are you meeting? Where are you meeting people? No, no. I've been dating. Oh gosh. I meet people through personal connections, like through my network. I get set up 
But yeah, it's, I don't want to go online dating too much. I don't want screenshots. I don't want any of that. I just really want to meet someone in person. And so I rely on like introductions from people and it's been good. I've, I, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. All dating is, but it's been really good. That's amazing. Okay. What's your ideal first date look like? Oh gosh. Well, I have had a few first dates that I really liked. Okay. Let's hear what that were not what I thought would be ideal. You think like, oh, I want to be at this restaurant on the ocean with like the the candles and you know, whatever. My oh gosh, can I say this? My first date with someone ended up being it ended up being like a business dinner. And I just knew like, okay, this is gonna, this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it was a date. It wasn't, it was like a business dinner. And then after the dinner, we went separately from the group and had a date and at the first date. And I never expected to go to a group dinner and then break off and then go on a date. But yeah, nothing. I mean, I don't know. I've kind of learned to let go of the expectations, like, and just go with the flow. Like if I'm vibing with you and you're vibing with me, let's just, let's just go do what we can do. Go and have a good time. I actually met what was funny. So I moved to LA last August and Um, I, my boyfriend now, who is currently on a deposition right next to me. <laughs> He's, He's like, in a deposition? Yes. But uh, I have a couple of those coming up. Just another world. I like love all the lawyer things. But I met him right before I moved. It was so funny. I'd actually never expected to meet someone this way, but I met him online. Uh, we met on Hinge while I was apartment hunting in LA. And then we decided he said something really witty, funny, and was like, hey, let's hop on a FaceTime. Normally I would never, but I was like, hmm, I personally liked all of his pictures, looked like they were from a different decade. So I'm like, clearly this guy is not into social media. Check, we love this. <laughs> and then we hopped on a FaceTime and started Zoom dating for two months before I moved. And we'd send like, he'd send like wine, we'd do like wine tasting and all this stuff. And then I moved and now we've been together for almost a year. It's crazy. Like I never expected to literally zoom date someone for two months and not be able to see them in person. The first day that we met, he met my parents, the movers and (laughs) me and had like, like, sink or swim, baby, sink or swim. Either Honestly, when you know, you just fucking know. Yeah. And too, I feel like that's always a good, like, I'm like, all right, how can you, how can you handle this? Like with chaos, like, all right, do you do good or do you not? And so he like had a little map of my apartment. He's like, she wants this set up over there. The velvet couch goes over there. And I was like, yes. we, we love this. Yes. I need that in my life. Oh my God. That's perfect. I love that. You're like, I need one of them. (laughs) I need one of those. Oh, what's, what's your favorite cocktail? Do you have like a drink or anything that's like your go-to? Vodka martini, Belvedere. Yum. That sounds good. I've been very into like spicy marks right now. That's like my like, but I, and I had a jalapeno martini. I can't do spicy. Oh, you can't? No spicy. It's a hard no. (laughs) 
That's very LA. Everyone's getting spicy marks. I love Kendall just came out with 818 and I have been, I'm not a huge tequila person. I'm more of a vodka person, but when I got the 818, I've been, I haven't tried it. Maybe I need to go get some. Did you, do you really like it? I've been changed. I can drink tequila. My favorite is the Blanco. Okay. I like Blanco. Any kind of tequila. Has, I can't do any kind of like mezcal or like dark. No. Okay. I will, I will totally have to grab that. You have to. I was looking over at the bar, but I think I drank the last bottle. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> We're like, ah, it's a Monday, but you know, a little taste tester. <laughs> I mean, I could taste test on here with you for a couple hours. I know. Honestly, I feel like we totally could. Oh, well, I just, I love chatting with you. This is so much fun. And we'll totally have to bring you back on the pod because I just, I feel like I could chat with you for hours. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Where can everybody find, follow you? Come say hello. Sophia Hutchins. And then for the sunscreen brand, MyLumisol at MyLumisol, MyLumisol MyLumisol.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, TV babes, for tuning in. Make sure to go say hello to Sophia, and we will be back with the next episode next week. Ta-ta for now. 